Welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. So here's the thing, uh, in, in Luke chapter 6, um, one of the things Jesus teaches here is that in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 43, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. And the, this, this symbolism and this metaphor and all this is goes through the bible and is so helpful for me and you because i think sometimes it's really easy um, to to get a grasp on what it looks like to be growing spiritually what does it look like to be healthy spiritually that's like one of those moving targets that a lot of different churches have a lot of different answers for except it's always it's so clear in the bible he's saying well you look what what's being produced Okay, like what's growing and what's happening, you know, like like what's coming out. And he's saying, actually, you can tell in most things by what's produced. Okay, and he actually goes further and he actually says that we can even observe by what comes out of our mouth. Because he said a spring can't be both salty and fresh. Right. So that, that's one of the things we're we're winding down here and. Um, if you remember, we started all the way back in January with this idea of a journey to spiritual maturity. And one of the things I would encourage everyone to do is to, is to set aside some time, maybe two hours, three hours, something like that, and to examine your year and to go through. And maybe you've been keeping a journal. I know a lot of you keep a journal. Go, go through your quiet time journal, whatever it is, and, and really take... Um, Take note of what's been happening this year in your life, what's been happening in repentance, what's been happening in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Just taking that time because it's hard to just take a snapshot and go, oh yeah, I've, I've grown, right? But really taking a look and going, man, has this been one of those years where this journey, I've really been dedicated to the idea that I am on a journey to spiritual maturity. Because remember, all the way back, one of the things we said is, is, is we want to... We, we, we want to combat the idea that you become a Christian and then that's all there is to do. Right. There, there is the birth and then Jesus in his amazing grace, he says, here's the way that the world is going to see me. Is they're going to see me as I'm expressed through my people as they mature and as they grow and as they're different, okay? And so that's why this journey is so important. This isn't a journey of individualism. This is a journey of a community. This is a journey where all of us together are, are moving ahead, not just so we can say, man, I'm really doing well, but that we're reflecting Jesus to the world around us and that we're experiencing Jesus in a way that we're truly living life. 
I think sometimes it can become so easy. And, and Patrick, I think this is kind of what you were alluding to as well. It's so easy to where Christianity can almost become like a discipline of death to a certain degree, which is just, man, I, you lose your life you, in, in, from a sense of being alive and, and vigorous and energetic and all these things. But in Christ, we should be. Right? In Christ, we shouldn't be less energetic. We shouldn't be less excited. We shouldn't be less than we are in the world. We have, we have more. This is a good thing. We should be more celebratory. But So when we look at this, right? that's a word too. That's, the, that's a real word. When we look at this, it's this idea of taking an idea of like what is being produced and what has been produced. Okay, And that's going to be something for us. You know, it, it is not even December yet. We have plenty of time. This isn't like an emergency kind of thing. Okay, um, But we do want to take um, some time over the next few weeks to look at this. Now, here's the interesting thing. And hopefully what we talk about over the next 30 minutes or so is going to be very helpful in that. Is There's this idea throughout Scripture from page 1 to the last page, from the first chapter of Genesis to the last chapter of Revelation. And it's this idea of love. And, and, and it, it's, it's, it's amazingly difficult um, I find that sometimes it's so easy for us to kind of kind of feel like, man, I, I do this really, really well. Or we do this really, really well. All right. The, the goal isn't to be patting ourselves on the back or anything like that. Our goal is to like figure out and zero in uh, because this really th- this is one of those topics, one of those ideas through the scripture that truly delineates beyond everything we do, how we love matters most. And there's these ideas here where he wants us to love him with all of, it, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he wants us to love our brothers and sisters and love our enemies and to love our neighbors. And there are these really large sections of scripture that are illustrating these ideas. But here's what makes it so difficult and this is what I spoke about last week, okay, is that the world we're immersed in is a world that feeds on, on just being anxious. Yeah. All right? I, I, here's the thing. I know we use that word for different kinds of, dis- whether it's depression or anxiety, kind of different types of mental health illnesses and issues. But, but what I want us to discuss and understand in our world is our world thrives on making me and you anxious to be afraid that we're going to miss out on something. Right. Every every advertising campaign, if you stand back and look at just advertising through the lens of a Christian, there is a battle going on that if you don't get this thing, your life won't be really great. It won't be fulfilling if you don't buy this new thing. If you don't make enough money, if your retirement account isn't to a certain level, if you, do, if you, if you vote or don't vote for a certain candidate, there's a fear that this entire world lives on. And if we're not careful, 
We can be really just a little bit blind and naive to that. And then what happens is when we then when we when we enter into this world of God's kingdom and he's saying, I want you to love me with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your brothers and your neighbors and your enemies. We're going to be really frustrated if we're attempting to do that while we're allowing this kind of cesspool of anxiety to affect us on a daily basis and not recognize the battle that's going on. Because that's the deal. This becomes very difficult when I'm being asked to do this and I'm scared of something in this world. I'm scared of losing something, of not having something, of missing out on something, of any one of these things. And so we need, just first and foremost, to get this idea that this is how the world operates. The world operates in an anxious way, all right? And so this is just combating that. This is tough, okay? So again, as I alluded to, this is Matthew 22, verse 36 and 37. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. When we talk oftentimes and we ask, what's your favorite verse? Almost every single time, there's somebody that'll say it's this right here. And that's wonderful. That's fantastic. One of the things that I'm going to ask us to do is to slow down enough to know what it's really saying. Because I love this. Love God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. And to stop long enough, okay, to go, what would that mean for my life? What would that mean to love God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind? What are the implications to that? But, but here's the good news to that. And all of us have an experience, I think. Well, many of us, I would say, probably have an experience where you've kind of like tapped into this and there's something that happens that's a real, it's meant to happen, okay? Is that when we, when we connect with God and we're obedient and repentant, there's something interesting that happens is the pressure comes off. Our, our eyes kind of open up of going, man, this world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. See, this is the good news here of this verse. It is the idea of when we're connecting with this, okay? But here's the interesting thing. Typically, we become satisfied with trying to love God rather than actually doing it. Okay, so you, you may be thinking, what's wrong with that? You know, what's wrong with that? Well, let, let's take a look at this. If... If, uh, you know, if Steve were to talk to me and say, Keith, how, how's your marriage? Well, I'm trying to love Abby. <laughs> See, we hear something there and go, oh, hold up a minute. Something's wrong. Hey, how's it going in parenting? Well, I'm trying to love my kids. It almost, when we say that, I'm trying to love Abby. There's almost an implication that I'm not sure if I want to. And in fact, it's not that easy but I'm going to give it a try. Except oftentimes, if we were in a small group 
and we're to go around and how are we doing? Man, I'm really trying to love God. Wouldn't it be good at that point to stop and go, hold on a minute. Listen, let's, let's break that down just a little bit. Trying to love God and loving God are two different things. But oftentimes, if I'm just trying, I don't know if I'm that convinced he's lovable. Hey, I'm trying my best. Kind of get off my back, man. Except everywhere in the Bible where God is described, he is unbelievably wonderful. If there's anyone ever that we would read a description about like the scriptures teach and who has rescued us the way he's rescued us. It would be an absolute no-brainer of like, yeah, it's, listen, it's hard to love people, but it's not hard to love God. There's nothing about God that makes it hard to love him. That doesn't mean that his expectations may not be difficult or high or something like that, but there's nothing about who God is that is unlovable. That isn't something like, wow, he is absolutely amazing. Listen, I can wrestle with myself and my character and struggle with God and what he asks, but the idea of loving him might be the simple, when you read the entirety of scripture, there is no greater, there's no greater human being. And, And think about how quickly, like in our world, how quickly we fall in love with someone. Okay, the younger you are, okay, you're. It's kind of that idea of like, no, you don't understand. I've known this person for four months. I'm in love <laughs> with a person. I'm just saying. This is. Let me just be completely open and honest. That was me in high school. That was me in middle school. Okay, was this idea of man? Wow, she talked to me. I love her. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her. Everything's good. There's no bad in her, you know? It's like, it's like hang on, hold up a minute. In the world, we're able to jump in so quickly with a flawed human being. And, and, and again, so where should we land on this? Hopefully, as we go through this, there's one place we remind ourselves to keep going back to is that we're brought back into a place of meditation on the scripture, right? Obedience to the scripture, repentance, all right? That we're brought back to that. That this, enter, that this hopefully pushes us into a place of just daily conversational prayer with Jesus. Because I may be saying these things and you may be going, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think trying's fine. I don't have any problem. I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be any of these things. Okay. Then here's what I would ask you to do. Talk to God about that. Like and honestly want an answer. Like seek an answer out for that. All right. My goal up here isn't like in 30 minutes to just completely win some argument. Right. But it's the idea of if all of us were to go, listen, I don't know, but I'm going to go and inquire and I'm going to ask for God to change me to do his will. Regardless of where I am right now, all right, that that's where we go and that we're able to ask a lot of questions of our brothers and sisters and to be open enough to go, man, I don't know. I love loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I like that. 
but how? Right? That was, that was one of these things this year. You know, you know, as I've been kind of looking back on the year, that was one of the things I heard from Steve, you know, was it became this thing in my head, YBH. Right? Yes, but how? <laughs> like, that's great, but how? Right? And so, again, I could quite honestly probably give you guys like two or three things of a how, but, but for real, if, if we aren't going to God in prayer and then coming into a community to discuss this, all right, we're really kind of skipping some major steps in being disciples of Jesus, okay? And some of you are going, well, yeah, dude, way to make your job way easier, okay? <laughs> like, fine, don't tell us anything. But I'm just saying, we, we got to do this, okay? Um, so this is hard. I, I, hope, I hope there's a level of challenge. You go, man, this is tough. It's tough to do because there's a world that's telling us, you're gonna, if you do this, you're going to miss out because you're not going to, you're not going to be watching the same things. You're not going to be listening to the same things. You're not going to be hanging out with the same there, There's some things that go along with this, okay? It's difficult. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13. You know, this is one of those things, man. We're very aware of these passages. You know, again, my hope is when, you, when, when we look at this, this kind of completeness of the teachings of love in the Scripture, I hope what it does is slow us down enough when we hear Paul saying, you know, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but don't have love, I'm nothing. Like th those are pretty powerful words. Okay, from, coming from, he's highlighting some pretty significant spiritual, like, you know, dude, you're a spiritual all-star. If you're speaking in a different language and you're prophesying and you can fathom all mysteries and you have faith that can move mountains, dude, you are the church all-star. But he says, if I don't, then I'm nothing. All right, see, this may be that ingredient in moving on to maturity that brings everything we've talked about this year together. All of the all of the pieces coming together. If I give all I possess to the poor, if I give all I possess and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. All right. Could, could you imagine that? Hey, I just gave everything I own. I was like the rich young ruler. I gave it all away. Isn't that great? But if you don't love, then it's nothing. Those are really, like when you stop and think about it, you know, what if this was actually true? I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek. But it's really, isn't it easy to go, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But if it's true, the implications for all of us as followers of Jesus in his kingdom as a community this is huge. This is an amazing calling. Because then he says this, that love is patient and kind, right? These are the things we know. It's not envious. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Hey, here's the deal is, every, every single one of our dysfunctions relationally 
It doesn't take long as we go through this to realize that when we don't love well, relationships don't thrive. They aren't healthy. This is oftentimes, so I hope as we're reading this, you know, my, my hope isn't that you're going, man, I'm really glad that Keith read this because this is me. I'm all of these things perfectly. Rather, this is difficult, but, but here's what makes it more difficult is we don't live in a static environment. So if, for instance, you actually achieved all of that, you were perfectly patient and kind and all of these things for that one millisecond of time, all right? We live in a dynamic world and things change like that, right? That's what keeps things exciting. <laughs> That's what keeps us humble of going, wow, thank God for those moments of great victory and spiritual transformation. And then here's the interesting thing. God is about challenge because without challenge, there isn't any change, right? And so it's like, okay, hey, Amen. That's awesome. And now here's the dynamic world we live in. Now it's going to become really tough to be kind and patient in all these things. Right? Do you see how the ground becomes very level among brothers and sisters because of this? Right? That love is kind. It doesn't envy. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth, protects and trusts and hopes and perseveres. This takes a little bit of time. But again, what we're speaking of, this idea, this thread of teaching, of love throughout the scripture brings everything together. All of the things we've been talking about, all of the, the, the ways we'd like to see ourselves transformed spiritually, this is what's bound together and go, man, wow, what does this mean? I mean, can, can you see how there... If, if there's ever a time when you're going, I don't know what to pray for. This right here could take up months. <laughs> God, I'm uh, oftentimes impatient, but you know what? Sometimes I'm just apathetic. I don't know what the difference is sometimes. I need help. You know, sometimes I'm kind to people I like more than I am to people I don't like as much. Okay. There's a lot to this scripture right here. And instead of zipping on through, this is why we're kind of starting this month of December this way. Instead of zipping on through is that we allow ourselves to sit in this and, and, and to bring this into a community. But here's the interesting thing about it is, is oftentimes just as a church member, right, we can be more aware of how others aren't loving than being repentant and obedient in our own life. All right. This is oftentimes an acceptable spiritual act of worship. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience of Keith. This is like you rip Keith wide open. This is what you can see. All right. It's just easier to do that. It's easier to read this and go, man, if only like that's like the one of those funny things you can always see, man, you know. If, if just the other people in my group would be more obedient to 1 Corinthians 13, my life would be easier. God, no, no, that, see, that's not the, the point isn't for us to go, wow, I'm glad Paul wrote that because it puts to words what I've been feeling what's wrong with everyone else. All right, because here's the interesting thing is there's one thing and one person 
And that's it. There's one person. I can complain about people. I can be critical of people. I can be bitter of people. But here's the interesting thing. Keith, for me, Keith is the only one that can be honest and accountable and humble and repentant towards this. And so, remember we were talking off in 1 Timothy about the teachers that were going around that always were talking about useless things and bringing up useless arguments? Oftentimes we can talk about useless things when we're talking about, like, what's wrong with the way everyone else loves, okay? And what I'm not saying is, is that we don't help one another, okay? But there is this just nifty little teaching that Jesus put in there, right, of this idea of why do you look at the speck? in your brother's eye but you don't see the log in your own eye here's the assumption whatever I'm seeing in my brothers and sisters God is going you actually have something much larger in your eye like remove that then you can help your brother okay so those things are going on hand in hand all right that that idea so again it's it's this idea of yeah, you want to know what? Church members do this. Disciples, right? This calls us to like this humility. I'm going, if, if nothing else, I just want to be conformed to Jesus. And this is how he lived. This is how my king lived. And not only that, this is how my king loves me and my family and my church family. He loves us patiently and kindly and gently. He loves us. Right? John 13, he says, as I have loved you, so you must love others. All right? This is, again, amazingly challenging for maybe this one reason is because I think it's, I think all of us, we could not be loving and still be religious. And I think we could all kind of like be okay with that. Like speak about religious things and be all about religious things and all about, you know, whatever the, the popular religious thing is and the popular app and the popular podcast and all that kind of stuff. And I think we would go, man, you're awesome. Kind of like right at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13. Man, look at that dude. Look at, he prophesies. He gives everything. Man, he's awesome. He sacrifices himself. He is the church all-star. And it, I think we could be okay with just love not being there. All right. And that's something we can't ever be OK with. All right. Just can't be. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And I tell you, love your enemies and pray for them. All right? Again, right here, right now, you may be sitting here going, I don't have any enemies. That's great. You don't have to have enemies, by the way. Right? We, we understand that. OK. Like, I, I, I promise you, if you're a Republican, Democrats aren't enemies. If you're a Democrat, Republicans aren't enemies. I promise you, trust me on that. Okay? If you want to vote for one person and not the other, trust me, the other person is not your enemy. Now, you may think they are. Okay? But here's the idea of people that are trying to immigrate to our country are not our enemies. <clears throat> Right? People from other places and other countries that don't look like us aren't our enemies. Unfortunately, that's been kind of like packaged into Christianity. It's like, no, man, if you're going to be really zealous, like there are enemies to hate. There are people groups to hate. 
No, absolutely not. There's no way. There's no way me and you could be following Jesus and go, but Jesus, what about this people group? I hate them. Right? There's, there's no, none, zero. Okay? But he's saying this. He's like, hey, man, just, but, but do this, okay? And he goes down even to the bottom. He says, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And, and that's a word we oftentimes can, can interchange with maturity or completeness. All right? He's saying be mature and be complete the way God is. All right? So I don't know all of the groups I can bring up that would be the enemies of different people. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's somebody that has wronged us or wronged you or slandered or something like that. And could you imagine being in a relationship with Jesus and living in the kingdom in such a way that no matter what was going on, no matter what was said, no matter how we were being treated, that you had complete peace? Wouldn't that be great? Amen. And again, I'm just saying, maybe you're going, I don't know if that would be great. Okay, and I don't think that would be dishonest. Because again, kind of our world, what our world teaches us, you want to know what oftentimes the things we love most on TV teach us? Is we love watching conflict. We love watching people hate other people. We love that. That's the idea of... Of, of just, you know, what, what do they call Just like, um, uh, what, what, what do they call it? Uh, the TV shows, Survivor and... Uh, reality. reality TV, right? I mean, here's the deal is, none of us would watch those shows. None of them. If people were just like, I love you. <laughs> Let me serve you. <laughs> we wouldn't. We're like, we... Now, now, here's the thing about that is, again... I don't say that to like make you feel, but I do say this is that's how insidious the world is, is that we actually begin like liking things that God would go. I don't like. In fact, I've rescued you from that. I don't want you entertained by it. I don't want you liking that. I don't want you liking those kind of things. I don't want you celebrating those kind of things. I don't want you to do those things. But in, in an entertainment world, I think we all recognize, I certainly know I can recognize, of going, man, but without thinking, we don't think of it in that terminology. We just think of it as, wow, that's entertaining. Okay? Except sometimes if we don't pay attention, our own entertainment is something that, is some, that God would never have asked us, in fact, that he rescued us from. So here's the interesting thing. Liking this idea of loving radically, that, that can be something, again, we all do. It's different than actually making the changes that will transform us into loving radically. All right? They, they called that years ago when Facebook was like first on the scene. They called it slacktivism was you felt like you were being involved in like helping the oppression of society if you liked something that was helping a social ill. If you liked it, you felt like you were doing something about it. And there was a term that they had called slacktivism, which is you don't really do anything about it. You really like that idea, but there isn't anything you're going to do to fix that or to change it. Okay. 
That can be this way of going, man, I love it. I, I love John the Baptist. Man, he was in the, man, for, he was out there just in the desert. Just, I love that he was just, man, he didn't worry about what he ate. He didn't worry about what he wore. I love all those things. And again, we can like the idea. I love the idea that Jesus went up on a mountain and prayed. I love the idea of silence and solitude. I love the idea of Bible study and prayer. I love the idea, but understanding there's a difference. And what we're being called to in these passages isn't just to like the idea of them, but to begin getting an idea of what are the things that me and you, we've got to like adjust, okay? That we have to adjust that are keeping us from experiencing these true ideas. What are the things that have to go? Right? It's just like with anything. If you go into your home and there's no room on the shelves, if you want to put something up on the shelf, you have to take something off the shelf. Right? If you want to do that, something has to go, and that's where we must. I mean, this, again... What, what I'm hearing from this and what I feel like Jesus calls us into is, man, this requires a lot of prayer and a lot of thought and some really intentional and really diligent repentance. All right. Not just, you know, this idea of, man, OK, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and I'm not going to watch anything but PBS for the rest of my life. OK, well, amen. I love PBS. I like PBS documentaries. I like the shows. You know, I'm a fan of, you know, Clifford's Puppy Tales. I love all of those things, okay? But it isn't being thoughtful and diligent to just make a, like, emotional response to this. But going, man, we're learning about the true heart of Jesus. We're, we're learning about something here that uh, will bring life to who we are, that will take the pressure off of us, that will not keep us running on this treadmill of Man, how can I become successful in this treadmill of performance and all of these different things? So, you know, just liking that idea. Liking the idea of loving our enemy is a neat thing until that enemy comes after us. Right? Until the enemy is talking about you. Until the enemy is, is hurting people you love. Then it's not a theory any longer. Okay? And so these are, man, these are, these are tough, man. These are tough ones. We have this idea of this good Samaritan, and he traveled, right? And we know about all the guys that walked past the guy that needed help. And, but the Samaritan, you know, what did he do? He put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. And he paid for the man to stay at the hotel. And he said he'd reimburse the man for any extra expenses. And then Jesus said, well, which one of these was the neighbor? The, was it the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? We know the answer to that story. He said, well, the Samaritan was, right? Love your neighbor like you love yourself. <laughs> well, who's my neighbor? He explains this right here. And, and it called, again, we're just being called into this idea of loving people and loving God the way that he is, like, desiring us to do and the way that's bringing us to life, right? And... Isn't it easy? Again, you read that and you're going, this is awesome. But isn't it easy to read the Good Samaritan and spend more time on what's wrong with the priest and the Levite? Like, what's wrong with those guys? 
Man, what, what a bunch of jerks. I always knew that about religious people. Bunch of hypocrites. Like, we could go on to these rants about, like, the self-righteousness of the leader. And go, it wasn't about them. It wasn't about those guys. It's about this dude right here that said, I've got money, and this guy needs help, and I'm here, and I'm going to do that, and it's going to cost me some things. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to love this guy. That's what it's about, right? But here's the interesting thing. We don't mature when we're continually justifying why we don't serve others in need. We all have plenty of reasons. We all have plenty of excuses. Well, the reason why, right? One of the reasons might be we don't see needs because we're not like tied in enough to even know what those are. Like there are people in our congregation who are laying on the side of the road that need help. You know, well, man, who, who is that? Man, that, that's the thing. We, we have to pray and have, open our eyes and, and to be around enough to know, man, who are these people? But again, that we have so many reasons and excuses why we don't, right? We have so, because school, man, it makes me busy and my job is tiring and, you know, there's so much going on and I just don't have the means to do that. But this is what we're being called into. It wasn't convenient for the Samaritan. It it wasn't convenient for him. And and oftentimes loving each other, it, it sometimes comes at really inconvenient times. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that like problems don't always occur in convenient times for everybody? You're like, hey, if you have a need, could you do it on Thursday evenings and Sunday afternoon? If you could, listen, let's just all decide to have our needs only at those moments so none of us will be, you know, inconvenienced. This right here is a tough one because everything about our lives is telling us I don't have time. I don't have time. Everything about it. And so, again, it's this idea of what are we being called into? We're being called into this really amazing characteristic of God, which is love. And, and, and to learn how to love is not easy. I know all of our songs, love songs, may make it sound easy. I, I, listen, I was brought up on Mariah Carey. <laughs> listen, she had it right. I will tell you out of every, you know what she said? Love takes time. That was, you got to look up that song. If you love takes time. See, yeah, Brian Carey, Boys to Men, they spoke truth in the 80s, okay? I'm just saying. It wasn't like these 90s songs in 2000s, you know, about cheap love in the 80s. No, I'm kidding. But here, here's the truth of the matter is, is, is we do live in us of going, hey, this is just easy. There's, there's almost an idea as a Christian that, hey, we just automatically do this. Except here's what I learned about myself. I am not naturally good at loving well. You may be. I'm not. And and I hear things like that, and I'm like, okay, God, you are working on me right here. Because I am not about that. I am not naturally good at that. So again, so where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? If this was just like a one-off kind of a lesson and everything's going to kind of go on its own, then there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. 
Maybe there was some good information. Maybe it's like you, in your mind you thought, but I went to church and that was good. All right, well, amen. That's awesome. All right? But when we're talking about the kingdom of God, when we're talking about our king, about Jesus, when he says, like, as I have loved you, so you must love others, there's a learning process, right? And even going back all the way to Matthew 22, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Even that alone, that's so difficult because on one hand, I'm being told I have such a strong allegiance and loyalty and protection and zeal for God and his ways. But how do I then love imperfect people? Like, how do I stay deeply convicted and loving God and loving people as I love myself. That in and of itself is very difficult, right? It requires God's spirit to transform us even in how we communicate with one another. Is can me and you communicate in the spirit to one another and to people, both having a deep conviction and an expectation that I'm not budging for what my God teaches and loving you at the same time. That, that is right there, difficult. So, um, again, if it's this idea of where do we go as members of God's kingdom, I think this takes us to a place of like pretty significant level of meditation and prayer. I think this is calling us in different ways, probably, to repentance, to being able to step back and go, man, I haven't been this way. Man, maybe there's conversations this leads to. Maybe there's some things where this goes back and go, man, I, I, need, I, I must confess and apologize at where I've fallen short in this. Okay, we're, we're being called into all of these disciplines, confession and repentance and study and meditation and obedience. There's a lot going on here, but it's going to take some time. And hopefully, again, that, that's why I always share with people, man, take notes. Right. Take notes, however you take them. You know, that's why I love Lyra came up to me. She goes, listen, Keith, here's the deal. I got a place to take notes in my Bible. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. OK, is is take notes. And then this is man, take it with you. And, and then, hey, let's enter in this together. All right. So let's finish with that. Let's. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.